Welcome to the World Art Now podcast, exploring the world through the material culture of its people, in association with Michael Backman Limited. Hi, it's Michael Backman and Sarah Corbett, and we have chosen two objects uh, from the gallery to discuss. And each of us has gone and, and chosen a, a separate object, and we're going to talk about them separately. And, and both are very different, very different, uh, and, and from very different parts of the world, but there are some commonalities which we're going to discuss. I'm going to introduce my object first, then Sarah's going to introduce hers, then we're going to talk about uh, the, perhaps what the links might be. Well, or at least the, the links might become apparent, perhaps, as, as we discuss it. My object is heavy. It's big. In fact, it's so heavy I can barely lift it. Um, and it's made of limestone. It, it's a large jar. It's probably, how large is it? it it's probably a metre or more in height, so almost a metre in height. So that's about three feet. It has a width of, of another 30 centimetres. That's a, another uh, two feet. Um, and it has a lid. It has a heavy lid. So, so what it is, it, it has four sides which uh, widen as it goes up. And, and it, the, the sides, uh, well, I should say it's also made of limestone, quite dense, heavy limestone. Now, the sides have been styrated, they're, they're quite decorative. The lid, which is another block of limestone, um, also has been carved in, in this way. What it is, is it is a, a, it's a limestone burial jar, and it's from the South Cotabato region of the Mindanao Island in the Philippines, and it dates to around the 8th or 9th century. These jars were really important. What I also should add is that Cotabaro in, in Malay means Kota is city or sometimes fort. Batu, um, spelt B-A-T-U in, in the Malay way, is it means rock. So it's kind of like rock fort or rock city. And uh, the area is, uh, is, is hilly and, and does, ha does have these caves, uh, mountain caves. Now that becomes important to this story because these jars were stored in these caves. Okay, so now this all dates to uh, the 8th, 9th century. Uh, the region today is Islamic. It became Islamic around the 15th uh, century. So the people converted and uh, obviously uh, thereafter the, these jars uh, are no longer used. But, but what I'll do is I'll let Sarah tell you about her piece next and then we'll get back to my piece to, uh, to reveal what it was actually used for. Sarah, over to you. Okay, thank you, Michael. Well, quite simply, I'm holding 108 beads and those beads are strung onto a cord. Um, there's different types of beads here. Some are turquoise and some are coral. There's a beautiful piece of amber and also a stunning agate. This is a strand of prayer beads mm -hmm. and it's used for counting repetitions of prayers and it would most likely have belonged to a Tibetan monk. Um, the addition of three beads hanging from the central point represent the Buddhist trinity of Dharma, the Buddha and monkhood, also called Sangha. But there's something that links these beautiful, very tactile beads. I'll just 
that you hear them moving through my hands and they do slide through your hands mm. in a way that feels like they're very accustomed to doing so. But there's something that connects these beads to the stone pot that Michael mm. described to us earlier. And that is that some of the beads on this strand are made of human bones. Now, the relevance to my jar is that <laughs> my, my jar was used to store bones, human bones. So the bones, what, what would happen? People would, would, would pass away, they, they would be deceased and they would be buried. And then the flesh would be allowed to rot away and, and the minor bones would, would sort of dissipate over time. And then some years after, the body or what's left of it would be uh, dug up and uh, the, the main bones, the, 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 the long thigh bones, the skull and so on, would be exhumed and, and stored in this jar. And then all of these jars were then stored in caves around the Cotabatu um, area in Mindanao. So, so my jar is essentially a, a storage jar for, for, for the remains of dead people. And my strand of beads... Why would they be made of human bone? Mm. They're a reminder of our mortality. It was a meditation mm. for monks to think about the fact that everything is transient. And they weren't used all the time. Other bones made, other beads made of wood or seeds would often be used. Um, but bone beads were made to be used um, for wrathful visualisations of the deities. And although that sounds quite um, terrifying, it was actually to give you that deity's power to overcome obstacles in your own life. Mm. So these were an elevated type of um, prayer bead or mala, which would be used especially for overcoming obstacles. Sometimes I think <clears throat> Tibetan mala beads, prayer beads, uh, if they're made from human bone, uh, sometimes are, are made from bones of perhaps a respected monk. Yes, I've, yeah, um, I've yeah. read that that's the case as well. This is also uh, has uh, a corollary to uh, the, um, the the come of archers of Burma, which would often be presented to a, to like a novice monk. The come of archers uh, are lacquered strips of textile, which are, are then have written in Pali script on uh, uh, sort of the, the rules about how to function as a, as a good monk. Uh, some of the rules are things like you know don't tickle other monks don't 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 <laughs> That's gossip a fun one. yeah it's a lovely one don't steal you know sort of don't be naughty generally um, as well as the more normal expected things uh, but the point of this is that quite often uh, these these uh, these pages are made of lacquer on textile. Uh, and they're quite stiff, although they wobble, but the textile often would be made from um, the robes of an esteemed monk. So they carry the power of yes, that yes. person. In, in, indeed, in the way that this mala that you're holding, if it's uh, made from the bones of a, a prominent person, a prominent monk, would also carry or be imbued with you know the, the, the essence of the And there's of the another qualities. depth of awareness to be gained from handling that. Totally, totally. Oh, Whereas, yeah, my limestone, um, uh, 
box, I'm pleased to say, uh, actually is is empty. No bones inside. No bones. No bones. We couldn't make some marlas with them. Though. But you know, I mean, what I want to say is quite interesting about, about these is that, and we have several here, is that when I first saw them, they were in a flat in central London, and uh, a lady had them in her living room, and that's how we we sourced them, and they'd been here since the 1970s or, or before. Um, and it just is extraordinary what turns up in, in the UK. Uh, people here are quite acquisitive and they've had an acquisitive past, uh, souveniring things left, right and centre. And uh, But it's that sort of provenance which we're always after. So even though these things are from the Philippines, uh, we, we found them here in London. They've of been all in places. London waiting for you for a long time before they came yeah. to the gallery. Quite incredible. Um, there will be a, a Pinterest board for anyone who's interested in seeing the pieces that we're describing with links to this podcast. So you can have all of the information together to fully enjoy seeing what we're seeing today. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to the World Art Now podcast in association with Michael Backman Limited. To hear more, visit worldartnow.com.